Through their investment in the Minnesota Corn Checkoff, corn growers are fueling research and initiatives that build a more sustainable future for farmers and all Minnesotans. The Minnesota Corn Podcast introduces you to the individuals who are shaping future ag practices, identifying new markets, and promoting agriculture with the non-farming public. Our first guest for this episode is Dr. Lindsay Peace, an assistant professor in the Department of Soil, Water, and Climate at the University of Minnesota, stationed at the Northwest Research and Outreach Center in Crookston. Lindsay, today we're going to be talking about an innovation grant project that you've been working on through the Minnesota Corn Growers. Give us an overview of this project. Yeah, this project was looking at how drainage impacts nitrogen cycling. And we actually had to shift our priorities on this project a little bit given the 2021 drought because, as you can imagine, when you don't have any rain, you don't have any drainage. So um, that was a pretty big shift that we had to make in our priorities for this project, but we did end up finding some really cool results uh, with this project anyway. So one of the things that we focused on when we pivoted our project because we didn't have any soil moisture or drainage is that we started to look at differences in soil properties between sites that had been drained different periods of time. Um, We divided our sites into two groups, uh, sites that had been drained Uh, more than 15 years ago, and then sites that had been drained in the past five years. And on those two different types of sites, we were looking at differences in soil properties and differences in soil biological properties. What sticks out about those results? What we found about those results is that tile drainage system's effect on soil properties we're seeing evidence that um, that those effects shift and evolve over time. We saw shifts in both the physical and the biological properties that we measured uh, on these sites, uh, specifically that that the size of the microbial community may be uh, bigger and more active in our fields as they have been drained for a longer period of time. And we're seeing drainage become more and more commonplace. I think it's safe to assume that. And and really, part of what your research really speaks to, Lindsay, is that there are so many variables. We're talking about whether you had rain or not. We're talking about the soil type, whether it was tiled five years ago or 15 years ago, just so many variables here. Yeah, there are a lot of variables to look at when looking at tile drainage systems. And we know very little about how the installation of drainage actually impacts those properties. So this work was really, you know, came out of, you know, a challenge of not having rain, but we came up with some really interesting results out of it. And this will definitely lead to future research uh, on this topic in the, um, in the coming years. Yeah, and maybe there isn't anything specific that you can share with us now, but as far as moving forward, some areas of this that you'd like to expand upon? Yeah, when we are looking into the future for this project and and to continue this work, we definitely saw evidence that the drainage systems are shifting the biological community. And so this is a really exciting place to dig into a little bit further, thinking about why that's the case, uh, whether it has to do with the uh, increase in 
uh, aeration in the soil profile or possibly preferential flow pathways. So, so the changing of soil structure can also create biological hotspots. Uh, we've seen that in other parts of the Midwest, and we'd like to look at whether or not that's the case uh, on these fields as well. So to summarize that, uh, sort of like a take-home for farmers based on what you found so far, what would that take-home message be? Yeah, the take-home message is that tile drainage system's effect on soil properties does evolve over time. And we're seeing shifts in the physical properties of the soil. And we think that is also driving a shift in the biological community, suggesting that you may have a healthier soil 15 years down the line uh, if you tile drain your fields. I mentioned up front this was an innovation grant project. So support from the Minnesota corn growers. Speak to the, the value of a program like this, Lindsay. Yeah, this project is so important. These projects are so important for helping us researchers dig into some of these ideas that are very exploratory in nature. Um, and, you know, and the flexibility of these grants really allowed us to pivot and uh, in the case that we weren't able to do what we initially set out to do, but we came out with really cool results in the future. So this program is so important uh, for, for helping us answer those really critical questions uh, for the region's farmers. Where would you direct our listeners that would like to learn more about your research project? Our listeners can find me uh, on the web at the NWROC's website. That's nwroc.umn.edu. They can also follow me on Twitter if they are uh, tweeters at LP's UMN. Anything else on this that you want to make sure we include? Let's see. Uh, I should also include that this work was part of a graduate thesis done by uh, graduate student Aaron Frankel. So I do want to give him some credit for uh, coming up with some of these ideas and doing the work. And Aaron is going to be graduating with his master's here this spring. Um, and he's co-advised by myself and Dr. Anna Cates, who is Minnesota's soil health specialist. That's University of Minnesota Assistant Professor Dr. Lindsay Peace. Our other guest is Adam Alford, Assistant Professor of Agronomy at Southwest Minnesota State University. Adam, today we're going to be talking about a, a corn trial teaching tool that you've been involved with and has also involved Minnesota corn. Give us an overview of this project. Yeah, so um, the year that I did this grant, um, you know, we were doing primarily a variety test, um, you know, looking at different BT and GMO traits and how well they give a uh, sort of return on their investment, you know, from that initial seed purchase. Um, you know, while this grant sort of is uh, research, has a research element, you know, we primarily use it as a teaching tool to demonstrate the value of these BT and GMO traits. So how did you go about demonstrating that? How big of a plot did you use? Um, just take us through some of the schematics of it all. Yeah, sure. Um, I don't have the exact numbers off the top of my head, but I think we had maybe six or seven different uh, varieties of corn, uh, different variety families. Um, and then we had, you know, um, the same hybrid within a conventional sense uh, with no BT or um, traits in them. And then the same hybrid with those BT traits. Um, it was around a two and a half acre plot uh, replicated. Uh, you know, each variety was replicated at least four times. And then at the end of the season, uh, we calculated yields and see, saw where, um, you know, 
GMO traits were a good investment. Um, this was a little bit complicated by the fact that we had a little bit of a drought going on. Um, from May to August, we only had around five and three quarters of inches of rain. Uh, so that, that messed us up a little bit. Um, so, um, you know, students also got to see the effects of the drought as well. Uh, we use these teaching plots um, as a teaching tool within our fall classes as well. Yeah, there's got to be a lot of value there, this hands-on learning. Was that part of the feedback that you received from students? Yeah, so the hands-on learning aspect of it is nice. Um, we, you know, uh, I do have a decent number of farmer students. Uh, one of the things um, that was really useful for them was to see what really high rootworm pressure looks like. You know, a lot of conventional growers these days actually use, you know, actually use a decent number of uh, BT traits uh, to protect against Western corn rootworm. Um, some of our conventionally bred corn, um, you know, didn't have those traits. So we have a decent Western corn rootworm population out there. And it was really cool to pull those plants up and show them, hey, this is, you know, when you're planting your BT traits out in the field, this is the protection that they're giving uh, because, you know, we would pull those up and just all the roots were, were chewed down. And we also had a decent amount of lodging to demonstrate as well. Uh, had a few students who did the economic return calculations as well. So uh, it was it was a great sort of learning tool for all of these. Um, part of it is really just trying to train uh, the up and coming generation of crop consultants, you know, egg loan officers, egg educators, stuff like that. Yeah, a lot of value with those learning opportunities. And I would think that some of the data you've gathered is valuable to farmers. Uh, I would like to hope so. <laughs> that that drought really did mess us up. Uh, we did we did plant a few sweet corn varieties uh, with that um, grant money as well, um, and you know we did it around Memorial Day, and they did not pop up or even tassel until August, just because of the lack of rain. So um, maybe the data was a wash, but it provided a lot of good learning opportunities to the students. And as you think about all of these tools that farmers have at their disposal, we have really high commodity prices right now, but input costs have skyrocketed. And so uh, whether it's a student that's seen firsthand how to apply this research or if, if farmers are wondering about the, the impact of, say, a seed treatment or choosing one variety over another, I mean, these decisions really can pay off. Yeah, that's something that I want to uh, sort of expand upon in future years is, um, you know, have, you know, if, if Minnesota corn growers decide to fund us again, uh, you know, have a breakdown of the economic inputs uh, and, you know, have that as a giant sign out by the field. Uh, we have a field day at SMSU in July every year. Uh, it's pretty well attended and we take um, you know, shareholders uh, through a sure of what we're growing out there and what is funded by what. Um, so uh, it'd be a great tool for anyone interested to see what SMSU is doing um, or, you know, what your checkoff dollars are doing as well. So clearly you'd like to continue this partnership with Minnesota Corn. Let's talk a little bit, Adam, about the value of, uh, of a program like the Innovation Grant to, to achieve what you're achieving at school. Yeah. So um, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but, you know, um, at SMSU, we have around 50 to 75 ag students, um, and this includes a variety of majors, um, agronomy, ag education, ag solutions, ag business, ag communications, you know, across the, the, the gamut of ag sort of careers. Uh, and it's always nice to have, um, you know, a, a physical object that students can look at. Um, you know, that's, that's what I think is really great about the innovation grant is that it helps fund these sort of learning opportunities. Uh, the great thing about agronomy is, 
you know if something's working, right? You know, not not to um, you know talk smack about the chemistry majors, but you have to take a lot of what's going on, you know, in a chemistry field on faith, um, based off calculations, all that. In, in agronomy, we've got it easy. We can go out to the field. We can say, hey, is this variety doing what it's supposed to be doing? Is this BT trait actually protecting it? Um, you know, providing hands-on learning opportunities and you know, a physical object for our students to look at. Um, is invaluable, uh, and it's great that the Innovation Grant uh, continues to fund us. Anything else about this project that you want to make sure we talk about? Not really. <laughs> it, it was it was an interesting year because of the drought. Um, we, a lot of our pre-plant uh, herbicides did not activate, so we, we were trying to keep up with weeds the entire research season. Um, I guess one other thing I guess is also worth mentioning is we did run this within a research plot set up. You know, a lot of our farm uh, students, they just plant 640 acres of corn, you know, without those alleys, without the, the separation of uh, experimental units. Um, this also provided an opportunity for them to, um, you know, see how research is actually conducted um, and, you know, be a part of that as well. So that was a great, another great aspect of it. To learn more about the Innovation Grant Program, visit mncorn.org.